0: getting myself organized, I woke up with this thought this morning. The thought came into my mind. Sally Murkett, who do you think you are who is going to bring the, God's word to the people today? I mean, seriously, who do you think you are? And it's like, oh, you're right. How can I possibly speak on behalf of God Almighty when he clearly says that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are far higher than my thoughts? And then I remembered who I am. I am one of his daughters, and therefore he has given me authority to speak. So, here I am. And I've written a sermon. Oh, I've probably written about four or five sermons, actually. And uh, each time it's like, ugh, it's not quite what I really wanted to say. And, uh, and I've really been listening to what Ben has been saying to us the last uh, couple of weeks and felt that he has given us a key and that key is evangelism. But I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, I listened to somebody very recently, a very learned person. And they posed the question, what is it that changes the world? Like, changes the entire world? What event would actually be able to do that? And uh, so he gave us a moment to think. And I thought, well, maybe wars. Wars wars do change our world and it's like well yeah but so do natural disasters they also change our world and he said no what changes our world is a pandemic and um, he went on to explain that the first pandemic after Jesus uh, left this earth to be with his father was the end of the Roman Empire and that was brought about by smallpox apparently then there was the coming of islam and that was brought about by a plague then there was feudalism and renaissance and that was the black death that brought about that and then there was the empire of the americas caused by smallpox and today we are in the fifth pandemic since jesus left this earth to be with his father i don't know how that makes you feel Does that make you feel, wow, that's really exciting? Or does it fill you with dread? Because actually our world is never going to return to the world that we were brought up in. A Bit of both, perhaps. So he went on to say, he said, well, what's going to end? And these were his ideas of what is going to end. Western dominance, objective news, cheap travel. Oh dear, that's a shame privacy, and old church structures. He then went on to talk about decline, what's going to decline. And he, in his impre- um, opinion, uh, globalization will decline, freedoms, democracy. And then he said the A, uh, AK recovery, which I have no idea what that meant, but apparently that means that the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. And then he talked about the things that are going to Change and morph. Um, ecology, social behavior, industries, um, work style, financial. Oh, financial giving also was a decline, by the way. And then missions and church and how church will operate is going to change. So the new era. I know many of you go, oh. When we started talking about the new era, did we think it just meant Solihull Christian Fellowship? Or did we think it perhaps meant the church in the UK? Did we think it meant the church worldwide? Did we have any idea that what God was preparing us for was a change of our whole world as we have known it? I certainly didn't. And even now, I'm still kind of like, really? But I believe that that's what's going to happen. But you see, God already knew. It's not caught him out by surprise. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, because we've been bantering these things around for ages, haven't we? But I want us to get really excited about the new opportunities that church is going to have. And it's all tied up, I believe, in evangelism and how we do it. You see, I think in the past we have um, wanted to bring people into our world rather than us going into their world. And uh, I know we've talked about it a lot. And we've talked about the walls coming down and inside out and outside in. And all of these phrases that we use. But what does actually that look like? So I was um, reminded this week um, in our, our prayer meeting on Thursday morning, Isaiah 43, very famous verses. In verse 18 it says, But forget all of that, forget the former things. I, it is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun do you not see it? And that's the problem, isn't it? Do we see it? Are we going to see it? Or are we just going to see all the things that we can't do? Are we just going to go into a state of remorse? Oh, I'm never going to have cheap travel again. That means I'm going to have to change my plans as to how many trips I do a year. God is doing a new thing in the entire world. Do we see it. I'm not sure if we do, but it's one of the things that I am really praying. God, let me see what you have already begun. Amen. Amen. So, I want to give you a little personal testimony, and it kind of leads in again to this evangelism. A few years ago, I was traveling through India And ended up with in this little house belonging to a pastor who was, to be honest with you, the most insignificant person you'd ever wish to meet. He was very small. He was very shy. He was very quietly spoken. To be honest with you, you wouldn't really give him a second look. And yet this pastor had raised people from the dead. And he started telling us, um, at the prompting of the lady that I was traveling with, said tell Sally about what you've seen and he started telling me of how he'd raised people from the dead and so you know me it's like I want what you've got so I said to him will you pray for me please and he kind of looked as if say what's all this about and I said I want what you have I said I want you to pray for me please so he did and then he gave me these verses and again they're very famous verses from Isaiah 45 right at the very beginning, and it says, this is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus. I will go before you, Sally. I will go before you, Ben. I will go before you, Craig. I will go before you, Jess. I will go before you all. And I will level the mountains. I will smash down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness secret treasures I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord the God of Israel the one who calls you by name and I, and those of you that know me think oh yeah I can see why God gave you that Sally because that's kind of what you do isn't it you go into those dark places where most people don't want to go and you tell people about Jesus and, and you share the gospel and stuff yeah I can see that that would yeah I can see why God would give you those verses And then a couple of years later, I was uh, in Sri Lanka, and again, those verses were given to me. And I thought I knew what they meant. But I feel that there is a whole depth to these verses that actually we haven't really uncovered. You see, the hidden treasure is people. And we have to go and find the treasure that is hidden. But it's not just hidden. It's hidden in dark places, and that treasure is hidden behind gates of bronze and iron bars. So it's it's okay for us to be sitting here saying, well, we're just going to pray that people will just come in to our building, that they will just come up to me and say, what must I do to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus? But there, are, there is treasure out there to be found. And what's really brilliant about this is that God has it on his heart to go and find that treasure. And it's him that is going to go before us. It is him that is going to cut down the gates of bronze and break through the bars of iron. But we have to partner with him because we are the ones that are going to find the hidden treasure. He's going to make the path clear, but we need to be traveling behind him. It's no good him doing that, and then he looks around. It's like, where are you? Oh, we're still sitting in the church building having a cup of tea and a slice of cake. We have to go out behind Jesus to find the hidden treasure in dark places and I think that's where we are today and I think evangelism is the key it always has been Jesus has always um, come for uh, to bring good news to those who are in darkness to those who are blind I'm not explaining myself very well, but I'm talking about the verses in scriptures in in Isaiah when Jesus stood up. And then in Matthew's gospel, we hear about how he stood up in the synagogue and he took the scroll that was written uh, in the days of Isaiah and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to do all manner of things. We have that same anointing upon us today. And we are Jesus here on this earth today. And I know it's hard at the moment. I know it's hard. It's hard for everybody. We're all feeling at times very lonely. We're all feeling very uh, uh, desperate at times, wondering what on earth is going to happen tomorrow. But my friends, we have a heavenly father who isn't just any old father he is the king of all kings. He is the lord of all lords. He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. And he has chosen us, each single, every single one of us, to go out into the world and to bring the good news, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to bring hope to those who have no hope, to bring sight to those who have no sight, to bring hearing to those who can't hear, to bring strength to people's legs when they are lame and they can't walk that has always been what Jesus has wanted of his church and you know many of us feel so excited it's like I just want to do it do you know one of the things I want to do I want to walk down Shirley High Street and people get saved as I walk past them as my shadow passes over them much like it did when we read about the apostle Peter in the book of Acts is that possible Yes, it's possible because it's written in the book. It's great that we give food parcels out. It's a great thing that we do that. And Jesus said, didn't he, to his disciples, you know, feed the poor. You know, give a cup of water to those who want a cup of water and who need it. Because when you do that for them, you're doing it for me. I get all of that. But we've forgotten the other bit, haven't we? Why don't we ask that God supernaturally provides? Why don't we take our five little buns and our two fishes and we pray over it and we see what God does? We can't feed the entire world. We can't actually feed the entire bit of Shirley, let alone Solihull, West Midlands, the whole nation. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. And somehow, I think out of a a good place, out of a good heart, we have tried to do more than we are actually capable of. Because I think we've tried to do these things out of our own strength and out of our own ability. And people keep saying to me, you know, well Sally, what is God saying? What is God saying through this pandemic? What's he saying? Oh my goodness, he's saying an awful lot. But I think one of the things he's saying is, I want you to run out of your own resources and actually rely on mine. He's certainly done that for me. And I I feel I'm probably not there, but I feel as I'm there, that I've run out of my own resources. I have nothing left to give. And so I told you a couple of weeks ago, my prayer every day is, I say the Lord's Prayer every day. And when I get to that bit, and give us today our daily bread, it's I imagine myself sitting at the table spread for me in front of my enemies and I feast on whatever it is that the Lord has put in front of me for that day. Because with a full belly, I'm much more able to give away. Whereas if I'm hungry and I'm starving and I'm thirsty, then no, I am not going to share what little I have with you. It's from that place of fullness that I share. And I think that's where God wants us to be. Because I think he wants us to run out of our own resources so that we actually have to rely on him. Otherwise, it's only the rich that can feed the poor. Yeah? It's only the medical people that can bring healing to those who are sick. It's only those who are trained in counseling who can uh, care for those who are suffering with their minds and with their emotions. But he's called us to do that work. But I don't have hundreds of thousands of pounds that I can go out and buy loads of food and then go and distribute it to all those people who need it. Yes, you can, Sally. Yes, but I don't know, I don't... Anybody knows me, I, I, I can't even bear wounds. I mean, if I see a wound, I'm, I'm out on the floor, believe it or not. And if any of you have heard me praying for someone who's sick, I mean, oh my goodness, the way that I describe the illness, it's like medical people, oh, what is she talking about? I have no idea. I just know that my God can heal you. I haven't been trained in counseling, but I can see a broken heart. I can see someone who's suffering with trauma and loss. You haven't got to look very closely to see it in their eyes. If I wait until I've got a degree or two or three, and before I can help someone who is broken-hearted, it's just not going to cut the mustard, is it? Jesus says that we can do these things. So let's get on and do them. So what is it that prevents us? Well, remember, we're not fighting here against flesh and blood. We're fighting here against principalities and powers of darkness. And let me tell you, the enemy wants to keep us under his thumb. He wants us to believe that we can't do these things. He wants us to believe that, well, let's be honest, is God really in control? I don't think so. I mean, the figures are going up, deaths are increasing. I mean, seriously, Sally, do you really think so? Yes, I know. I know that my God is in control of all things. He is sovereign. I know that. And I want to encourage you to t- perhaps take your mind off yourselves and to not focus on the things that are concerning you at this present time, but to see the bigger picture. You know, I'm, uh, you know I like to read the chronological Bible every year, and uh, I'm up to the bit where Jesus is crucified. And as I was reading it through this time, I was thinking, wow. You know what, Jesus, you could have easily at any time just said, do you know what, I've had enough of this, I'm out of here. And it would have been okay. You could have flown off the cross and said, stuff it. I'm hurting. I'm leaving. And your father would have said, okay. But you didn't. You chose to go through all of that. Why? Because of the joy that was set before you. And we are your joy. You saw us. I actually believe it. I believe that you saw me, Sally Merkitt. You saw her when you were on that cross and said, Sally, I'm doing this for you, love. I'm doing this for you because I absolutely love you and adore you. And you know what? You and me together, we can change a world. But he didn't just say it to me. He said it to every single person, every one of us. He actually wants us to partner with him. And some people say to me, Sally, seriously, you think that God needs us? Well, in some bizarre and crazy way, I think he does. You know, I was rereading the story of um, when Jesus fed the 5,000. And he involved his disciples in that, didn't he? Because he said to them, first of all, like, you feed them. And they're going, you've got to be crazy. How are we going to feed them? We haven't got enough money. And even if we had enough money, there aren't enough shops around here to go and buy all the food that we need to feed the 5,000 men here. And then one of them said, I've got five loaves and two fishes. Any good? And Jesus said, yeah, let me take that. And he blessed it. And then he gave it to the disciples. Now... Was it still looking like five bits of bread and two fishes? Or did it look like a mountain of food at that point? I think it probably still looked like five loaves of uh, bread and two fishes. And he said, now distribute it. And I think the miracle probably came. This is just me. I think the miracle came as the disciples were obedient and they started giving out the food. And as they gave it out, it's like it got to the end of the first row and there's still some more left, so they gave it to the second row. Huh? There's more left. Gave it to the third row. Wow, we've done three rows already. And so it went on and on and on. That's what we should be doing. That's what's so exciting. And I think that's what part of this new era is about that we go into the hidden places, we find the dark treasure, and we bring life to those people. We bring hope to those people. We bring restoration to those people. I can't do it, I have nothing, I have nothing of that within me. Trust me, if I could go around healing people, I would just go and do it. Actually, I can, so why don't I? Because I'm scared. Well, supposing it doesn't work. I mean, I've prayed for people before and they've not been healed. So, that is the enemy. He wants to rob us. He wants to rob those around us. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. And if we do nothing, and if we have a pity party... And if we say, woe is me, then he will win. And I don't know about you, but I will never let the enemy win. Because Jesus has already paid the price. He has already won the battle. And I follow in his footsteps. And he stands before me. Do you know how big my God is? Do you know how small the enemy is compared to my God? So, what does this look like for us today? Do I still feel at times a bit overwhelmed? Yes, I do. I do. But let me tell you, since I've been praying, give me today my daily bread. God has given me something every single day that has kept me going. But it only lasts for the day. It's moldy by the next morning, so every day. I sit. And as I say, I've started using the Lord's Prayer because sometimes I don't know where to begin. So a good place to start is our Father, my Father, who is in heaven, hallowed. What a lovely word, hallowed. How great and awesome and precious and beautiful is your name. Goes on, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come. May I bring your kingdom, heaven to earth today. Wherever I go, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I have something I can do. Give us today our daily bread. You know, I already do that. Forgive us. Oh, God, forgive me. I am so angry at times. And I'm not really a particularly angry person. I get so angry. Oh, God, please forgive me for my anger, for my attitude at times. For honestly, if people are walking around with no masks or standing like next door to each other, it's like, <clears> hmm. <throat> Where did that come from? Forgive me, Father. And I choose to forgive those who upset me. I choose to forgive those people who are standing too close to one another and who don't get out of the pathway when I'm walking past. I choose to forgive. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I want to encourage you this week. Because you know me, I always like to earth it in something very practical. So what are you going to do this week? So when you wake up on Monday morning and you've prayed the Lord's Prayer or whatever it is that you you like to do and you've read the scriptures and you've, you've, you've feasted at that table and you're all nice and full up, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Do you want me to go and knock on a neighbour's door and just chat to them over the threshold, um, or would you like me to to go and take some food to somebody? Would you like me to go and pray for someone who's sick today, or would you like me to? Um, oh, what else could I do? Could I make something and take it round to somebody? Or. I know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm just going to get the church directory out, and I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, who is it you want me to phone today? And just see where he leads you. And it's like when he highlights someone, it's like, right, phone them up. And ask them how they are. Ask them if they've got any prayer needs. And then pray for them. We can all do that. Don't just rely on a few of us to do that. And, and you say to me, oh, but I don't really like phoning people. Do you know what? I don't like phoning people either. I like to go smashing down gates of bronze and cutting through iron bars. I don't really like phoning people. But I'm doing it because it's important and it's because what I've been asked to do. And, you know, it's a real blessing. And the amount of times where I haven't really felt like I've wanted to do it and I've done it, and the person on the other end has said, oh, do you know what? It's been so, I'm so thrilled that you phoned me. I just, I was just crying out to God. I just felt so lonely. I felt like the whole world had turned its back on me. And suddenly you phoned me. That's incredible. To me, that's an answer to prayer. Not only just for me, but for them as well. I was an answer to prayer for them. These are things that we can do, and we need to look for those opportunities to go and, and, and find that hidden, hidden treasure. It's out there. Do you remember when we we went through a phase when we went treasure hunting? We used to gather, and and um, or maybe you didn't do it with anybody else. I, I think I did it a few times on my own. It's like Holy Spirit, show me something, and and He would show me somebody with a red coat or somebody sitting somewhere and then I'd go and find that person and I'd go and say to them I know this sounds really strange but I was asking God I was talking to God this morning and he showed me somebody in a red coat and they said he said that they had a headache have you got a headache well I'm just going to pray for you in the name of Jesus and you might say oh Sally that's a bit that's a step too far well then start with something simpler and work up to it but just remember there is an enemy who doesn't want you to do any of these things And if he can keep you quiet, then he will have won. And we're not going to let him, are we? So what does this new era look like? I have no idea. I just know that it's happening. And I'm asking God to show me what it looks like. I can see glimpses of it. I can see that evangelism is really important. I feel that um, he is wanting to use us to go into those hidden and dark places to rescue people who can't just walk in off the street, actually. They need to be rescued. And we are his rescue plan. Forget the former things. Can't you see that I'm doing a new thing? Wow. If we had had any idea last July when we started unpacking what a new era would look like. I don't know about you, but it was like I was thinking of all the things that we didn't do that we could do. It's like, well, should we just change the chairs layout? Should we change the stage, perhaps have the stage on this side? Or perhaps we should have an afternoon meeting. (laughs) God must have just been laughing at our attempts to do a new thing. We have to allow him to do the new thing, and we have to follow in his footsteps. Can't you see? Can't you see I'm doing? I've already begun. I'm doing a new thing. Let's just pray. Father, we acknowledge that you are the God of all gods. You have no rival. You have no equal. There is no one like you in heaven or on earth or beneath the earth, that you created all things and you are in control of all things and you are sovereign and you are doing a new thing and as your children we want to see the new thing that you are doing and we want to participate in the new thing that you are doing and what's great is that you want us to, you invite us to come and to follow you into those new places, into those hidden places into those dark places and today we say yes yes I draw a line and say yes today as from today I will stop moaning I will stop looking at myself and woe is me and I will look at you Jesus and I will partake of you the bread of life and I will follow you wherever you want me to go For your glory and your namesake, King Jesus. Amen.